This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are now, as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey everybody, Tim Kalakami here for 49ers Plus Minus, your latest edition with somebody as my co-host. I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, it's Matt Barrows. Barrows, you were on the Kyle Shanahan conference call just now. I was not. I was Warriors duty, Draymond Green duty. This is not that podcast. This is Kyle Shanahan podcast. So what's the what's the update, injuries, all those sort of things from Kyle Shanahan today, and what, what's the significant parts? Well, probably the big takeaway was uh, Cleveland Farrell. He's going to be out for a few weeks. That was the way uh, Kyle Shanahan phrased it. Wow. Um, does have a chance to come back for the playoffs, but – um, he's not going to play in the opener, whatever day that is. So, uh, I would, you know, he's been a, a 17 game starter for this team. Uh, so I would imagine that means that Chase Young is going to basically take those early down snaps and they're going to need more out of Randy Gregory. I asked about Drake Jackson. Remember he went on IR back in, in week 10. Uh, so th- this has been since, uh, you know, late October, early November. And I figured he was healthy enough to come back. Uh, but it doesn't look like they're planning on opening his window. Kyle Shanahan says that he's not quite back yet. So basically early on, it's going to be a, uh, a quartet at the end of Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, and Robert Beal, uh, the rookie oh, that right. really only, only first got his, uh, his first real snaps uh, in, in Sunday's finale. So um, I, I think that's uh, a, a bit of a, uh, a big deal uh, coming out of a, a game that you really didn't want anyone to get hurt in. God, when you said four defensive ends, I could not think of the fourth. Like, who's he going to say? The fourth? Sebastian <laughs> Day Joseph or whatever his name is. That's like, sort of my point. Fourth? Yeah. Yeah, I was like dot dot dot. Who is that? Who is that guy? Is, is it like, is it George Kittle going to play play two ways? I know this is crazy. The first thing that 
that kind of dropped in my head. I know they don't do this anymore, and I know Armstead is just coming back from injury. Could he possibly swing him out to defensive end, or he's just too valuable inside for them to do something like that? They could. He hasn't done that in a little while. Um, but you're right. I mean, he he would be a base down option at defensive end. Um, and we should note that Shanahan did say that everything looks promising for Eric Armstead. He did a session today, a rehab session that was really encouraging to them. So he'll be back at practice this week. I don't think he, he'll be full go for whatever day they have their uh, their most uh, vigorous session, but he's looking good for the playoff opener. Uh, Juwan Jennings is out of the concussion protocol. That's a big deal. Um, Ambry Thomas is going to practice with a, um, a cast on his hand. He had surgery last week on that. Uh, they're going to open up the, uh, the practice window for George Odom. I think that's a big deal, special teams-wise and safety-wise. This kid that they just brought up, Taylor Hawkins, uh, played pretty well in uh, the Rams game, um, hurt his wrist to the point where he needs surgery, so he's not an option anymore. So the uh, the hits keep coming at safety, but they are getting um, Odom back pretty soon. Deshaun Gibson will practice. Jair Brown will practice. So uh, the numbers at safety, very thin in recent weeks, are going to be a lot better. And just thinking about the furl injury, man, they, they got to be happy they traded for Chase Young. Man, I mean, they would be in some somehow major problems if they didn't have Chase. Well, and also Randy Gregory. I mean, I don't think Gregory's been great, but we make fun of them for continuously adding defensive linemen, defensive linemen, pass rusher, defensive linemen. When you lose one, you're like going, who the hell are they going to play? Uh, not terrible to be deep at that position, right? And this is... This is the way Shanahan and Lynch think. This is the way they've built this roster. You lose Farrell, and, I mean, not a great player, but a pretty you know, important player. Starts every game for sure, gets a first series. They have Chase Young. They can plop right in there. Uh, not terrible move for them. No, for sure. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, uh, it seemed like overkill when they added Chase Young, but they need it. I mean, it, it, it sort of surprises me with the, with the Drake, Drake Jackson uh, reaction I got. I mean, I thought the reaction was going to be, oh yeah, and we've got him on hand. We can pop him up at any point. Doesn't sound like they're they're eager to get him in. And I think it was Drake Jackson's play, or you know, lack thereof at midseason that really kind of encouraged them to uh, make that move for Chase Young. Uh, Gregory is a, a a good question. I mean, Gregory had a real nice game. Um, you know, right off the bat against Cleveland in Week Six. Had a good game against the Eagles uh, on December 3rd, but really hasn't done much since then. So he, he's a guy that and, – and maybe that's sort of uh, the veteran savvy, like the bigger the game, the more he shows up, and he will in the playoffs. But that's a guy that they could use – he's going to get more snaps. They could use a little bit more punch out of Randy Gregory on, uh, on base downs. Man, this whole season's not really a good sign for Drake Jackson, I don't think. Um Gets three sacks in the first game. You think, oh, okay, here he is. He's going to be one of three rotating defensive ends. After that, they clearly were disappointed with him. They go get other defensive ends. They put him on IR, and, okay, maybe he's injured. It doesn't seem like it was ever thought it was going to be that kind of injury. I thought it was going to be like a four- to six-week injury, and now, what, two months, more than two months later, he can't come off when they might have a need of defensive end. Would you think that he's a guy that could just they could cut next season? I mean, um, 
more uh, people are already wondering, okay, what do they do with their first pick? And you're going to have a first round pick for the first time in a few years. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, the roster seems to be screaming for an offensive tackle. And if there were one there, I think that's what the 49ers would do. Um, given Trent Williams age and no one's quite sure how many more years he plays, but also would not be a surprise if they go D line again. I mean, it's going to be another loaded draft at that position. Um, I think if there's one lesson, a D line lesson from this season, it's that as good as Nick Bosa is, he still needs a bookend on the other side. You can't, you can't scrimp at that other defensive end position. I wonder about Chase Young and just what his market will be and whether he might be affordable. He's just at that level that they need to have on the other side. They'd love to do it with a, a draft pick that you know doesn't cost a lot of money, but boy, um, did not work out well with Jackson. Just think of the, the first three yeah. picks in that draft, Tim. It's Drake Jackson, it's Ty Davis Price, it's Danny Gray. All of these guys are, yeah. you know, buried on this roster. They cannot buy a snap. Uh, Jeremy McNichols is getting snaps. It used to be Jordan Mason was getting snaps over Ty Davis Price. Now it's Jeremy McNichols who's getting yep. snaps yep. over Ty Davis Price. Well, Ty Davis just was cut, right? He was cut and then oh, yeah. back. He's on, he, he's on then, a peace squad. Yeah. Uh, and you could throw a little Trey Lance in there. He wasn't drafted then, but the first round pick they used to get him was used for him. And, and, and that hasn't turned out so great, but listen, they're a pretty good roster. So that's all I always say. The big picture is the roster. One other little thing. I just noticed that he said Shanahan is saying one hard practice this week. I thought he said, didn't he say two or uh, yeah. on, on Sunday? I, I mean, oh, hard, hard, like pads go on practice. But that's so, just one, right? He's not having two. They're just going to have one. Was was that? A, I think I think they're going to have they're going to have two, oh. but one one might be pra- padded practice. Okay. Uh, any sense of what the Shanahan mood was? Just normal, or is he like kind of like okay, guys, we're gonna you know we're gonna be super super intense this week? I kind of feel like he wants them to be intense this week, so they don't feel like they have to ratchet it back up after kind of a mental break for the playoff week. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And uh, I think he's um, happy that he's got some veterans that he knows will sort of pick up that that mantle. Um, no Christian McCaffrey this week. Um, he does think that McCaffrey will be fine for next week. Um, and Trey Greenlaw was the other guy who is a maybe this week. Um, I think you and I both agree that Greenlaw, of all the all the players, maybe aside from Eric Armstead, is the one who could really use just a long period of not doing anything just to get that body right. Cause he, uh, he hasn't looked as good as his uh, 2022 self uh, this season. He guy, he guy throws himself around. He's going to, you know, he throws his shoulder and everything. And I wonder every time like, is that shoulder a little sore? Cause he is just firing all over the place. Uh, we won't. We, this is our re- recording for this week, so a l- little bit heading into the weekend. Who do you think the 49ers are expecting to play to come out of the? You know, they'll get the, n- the number one seed, they get the bye, they will play the lowest seed remaining after a wild card weekend. Uh, the four or five game is where it's kind of bracketed to, and that's the Monday night game. But if there's an upset earlier, they will play the lower seeded team that emerges. Who do you think they're expecting, and who would you think? would be the one that they don't want to play. And is it maybe the same team? It's it's the same team. Um, ah, there you go. 
it, it's a team that they just saw in week mm. 17 or week 18 here. And um, yeah. And the, and the reason is, um, you know, cause the Rams are, have been on a roll in the second half of the season and because of the Rams, I mean, there's no surprises with the Rams. I mean, the, the Rams uh, know this offense because they run it. Um, you know, sometimes the 49ers can get away with, you know, teams just aren't accustomed to all the movement and all the, the zone blocking and, everything that they do. The Rams are, the Rams gave them a real fight in, uh, in week two. And, you know, Sunday's game was sort of uh, a silly game. Um, I thought that the 49ers, you know, one takeaway is that, you know, there, there were a lot of starters playing on both sides at the beginning of the game. And the 49ers pretty much dominated the, the first half. Uh, really, really nice scoring drive to open the game. So that, that probably gives them, um, some confidence going into this game, but that's probably the team that they least want to play. W- would you uh, agree with that assessment? Completely agree. I think they would love to play the Eagles. Oh God, give them the Eagles. They would be the happiest team in football to get the Eagles. I don't think they're going to find the Eagles. Uh, they'd love to play Tampa. You know, two teams that they smashed during the regular season, and I don't think they would have much. For, and for revenge purposes, they would love to see the Eagles again. I don't think it's going to be them. Uh, Green Bay, you know, wild card team. I don't know. You know, that quarterback looks really interesting, but I don't think the 49ers are that worried about the Packers coming out here. Maybe it's them if they beat the Cowboys. You know, if they beat the Cowboys in Dallas, then they're going to have some formidable, you know, hey, they can point to that. I think it's the Rams. Stafford, you know, I'm going to write a little bit about this for tomorrow. Uh, Shanahan talked about this on KMBR. I thought it was, you know, really interesting little anecdote from. Last week they asked him, "Who do you want? You know, who do you want to not play? Well, what, what's what, what what's the thing that makes you not want to play a team in the playoffs?" He said, the, "The best quarterbacks. Like I just you don't want to ever get into a situation where that quarterback, even if you got a great defense, that quarterback might just get hot. It's a good system, got playmakers. The quarterback might beat you. And we know what the history is. They've lost playoff games to Matt Stafford. They've lost playoff games to Pat Mahomes, and, and you know Jalen Hurts was an inter- you know whatever on that one, but." Like you run into a hot quarterback, who knows what can happen? And Stafford is the best quarterback in in those terms. Maybe not the best quarterback overall, but the, in those, the way you spell that out, good system, playmakers, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams is having a great year of a running back, uh, strong McFay system. I just think that's like, yeah, that's a quarterback you might not want to play in the NFC tournament if you possibly can help it. Now, the 49ers have their own stuff. I don't think the Rams would ideally want to play the 49ers either in the second round, but all, you know, you're coming in as a as a low seed, they don't actually have, can pick. If they can beat Detroit, and I think they can, and I think, you know, it's a fascinating matchup Stafford versus Goff and the whole Stafford back to Detroit thing, but I just think the Rams are just a well-run team with a hot quarterback i think the foreigners expect to play the rams again frankly uh so that's why i thought the kind of the puka nakua stuff trying to prevent him from getting the the uh the records rookie receiver records was fun for shanahan but also a point he was trying to make to us like let's keep an edge on these guys let's not just roll over and give these guys anything uh they're his buddies sort of you know frenemies whatever they are raheem morris and and Sean McVay, but he also, like, we're not giving in to them. Even if we're not playing Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and we pull the bows out early and pull Trent Williams, we're still fighting these guys because we don't want them to feel like they just walked over us to get what they wanted uh, in, in Week 18. I just felt that. 
Uh, I don't know. You might read it differently, but what did you think about that? All and Kyle volunteering after the game that that's what they wanted. They did not want Puka Nakua to break the record on them. They wanted the the Rams have to play him for as long as possible. Yeah, and I think that was probably uh, a point that was made in the run up to that uh, meaningless Week 18 games. Like we could see these guys very early on in the playoffs. Um, this is a this is a real sort of uh, taste, uh, a warm up, and um, everything you you said, I agree with. I mean, there's a familiar familiarity factor there that he just doesn't have anywhere else. And when you get that, um, you know, you it, the games tend to be closer than the otherwise might be. And you know, for a team that has been so sort of disdainful of draft picks uh, in recent years, the Rams they did a great job drafting this year they really kind of uh, recharged that roster with puka nakua and kyron williams and uh the outside linebacker who uh played from start to finish uh on sunday and and was kind of uh having his way with the uh the 49ers backup tackles uh he was one of the reasons why uh the the second half was so lopsided i think the rams had a few more sort of high quality guys in than the 49ers did Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Just one other thing from this game. I know we're a little ways away from it, but just looking to the playoffs, Jake Moody. Um, I, they're not going to move on from him. He's their guy. It would. I understand you don't want to be doing kicker roulette going into the playoffs. This is the way you. This is the way it happens. But you think Kyle Shanahan is feeling pretty good about this guy? Forty-one yarder to, to win or lose a game in the final seconds and round two. Where where are you on Jake Moody? Where do you think the 49ers are? I, I think your question. You think Kyle Shanahan's okay with it? I mean, that's been a question in my mind since April. Um, is, is Kyle <laughs> Shanahan going to be okay with? A rookie cook, a kicker. When I thought the you were going to say the preseason, you said. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, it, but you know, th- I think the 49ers have done a great job of keeping the pressure off of Jake Moody. He just hasn't attempted a lot of field goals this year, and he hasn't attempted a lot of difficult field goals. Uh, the one in Cleveland being an exception. Uh, he tried a uh, a long one in Minnesota the following week. Um, other than that, it's been. I don't like not an easy season, but they, they are not putting the pressure on this guy. The, the pressure comes with the playoffs. And so um, he's going to have pressure that he hasn't felt uh, this year. And I know that Michigan um, has a lot of high pressure games and he was sensational in those during his, his senior year, but there've been, there've been wobbles uh, the preseason mid season. And then this, this last game um, I thought that, uh, you know, Ray McLeod and, and your guy, I'm going to call him your guy, Chris Conley. My guy. Um, they had some uh, miscues at the end of the game. Uh, Sam Darnold was doing his best to put the 49ers in a position to give Moody a, a chance to kind of, you know, uh, walk off field goal, feel great about the him, about the whole roster going into the playoffs. And 
they just couldn't summon that at the end of the game. And so now there's a bit of an uneasy feeling. I know the fan base has it for sure um, about, you know, that's one of the things that could unravel, which seems like a very unstoppable force um, heading to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, kickers very rarely are that important, even in the playoffs. But when they are, they're the most important. <laughs> like, like they, that it just becomes everything, unless it means nothing. Uh, I would be extremely worried. Not being a kicking expert, but being a, a golfer is when he misses right on the first one. And it was just right; it wasn't way right. But then he gets the extra point and he kicks it like twenty yards right. That was veering right and i've talked to him not he wasn't available after the game it's fine either it was bosa or debo or a bunch of guys like it was just guys were clearing out that's fine but i will note that he wasn't there that he's he usually likes to aim for the right upright and have it come over left and if you're aiming for the right upright and it goes right that's really bad like that's a double miss uh, it's different if he just would get kicking, missing everything left, missing everything left because or was aiming right and just went straight right, not starting right and then just diving hard to the right. That's a bad miss. Like that's, you know, a near shank. And that's not a good feeling for anybody. That's what Brett Maher was doing for the Cowboys last year. Remember, I mean, that thing was just fluttering right in, in the warmups when I was watching I think Moody's a really talented guy. I think he's an even-keeled guy. Like if he wasn't this even-keeled, Shanahan might have gotten rid of him in preseason. I think they like his kind of makeup when they talk to him. He's obviously a dominant practice kicker. I heard Papa going on there. Oh, he's been so great in practice. He'll get a fix. He's a great practice kicker. It don't count in practice, Pop. It doesn't. It counts in the games and. Like, listen, I'm not saying they should cut him. I did. I asked Shanahan after the game, you're going to bring in somebody on the practice squad. I think you might want another kicker because what happens if he misses two in the next game they win? You're going to feel great about that for the NFC Championship game? Or would you want to have a guy that you've been looking at every week and you know, like, can kick some, you know, at least knows your system isn't going to have to, I don't know this holder, I don't know this long snapper. Anyway, they're not doing it. They're going with Jake Mooney. I think there is some reason to be, to be, to, have some concerns for Jake Moody, not all the concerns in the world, but that was not what they wanted to see from him. Like what, you know, they could have got him the next one. What if he misses that one Barrows? What if he missed one at the end of the game? Yeah. Oh, Lordy, 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 Lordy. All right. Anything else off the game? We're thinking it's going to be Rams. It could be, you know, like the four or five matchup is Monday night. As you know, uh, that's pro if, if it ends up the winner of that, then the 49ers will be playing Sunday because they cannot force a team to play Monday and then come back and play Saturday. Uh, if it's the one of the others, if it's the, the Packers or the Rams, then it still could be Saturday because they, they're playing Sunday. We shall see. I would prefer it to be on a Saturday for personal reasons, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, Barrows, anything else you got to add on playoff positioning, on where they are health-wise, on where they are mentally? Oh, I think they agree with you. They'd rather have the game on the Saturday. That would give them an extra day to prepare for the championship game as well, which is uh, another sort of hidden advantage of being the number one seed. The, that, that seed usually plays on the Saturday unless there's that uh, Monday night um, upset. Um, and that's possible. So, um, but uh, yeah, everybody is, uh, is gearing up. I just up. don't get why it's been the NFC 4-5 uh, on Monday night, three straight years. I don't get that. Uh, I have a personal reason why I would prefer this game to happen on Saturday and Sunday. It's, we won't talk about it, but um, I'm just looking at what you're giving the NFC 
four or five winner a disadvantage every single year. I don't understand that. Uh, and we know rest is important. We've seen what happened to the 49ers when they get tired uh, and you play short weeks when you're t- you, when the opponent has more rest than you. I don't know why you would, other than the Rams winning the championship from the 4-5 Monday night game two years ago, which maybe, you know, Roger Goodell could throw that at my face for complaining about it. But I don't understand why it's the NFC three straight years. So you'd think they would move that back and forth, NFC, AFC. I, I, I got to think that it's eyeballs. I, I got to think it's the it's networks. ESPN. Yeah, it's, ES, are... it's ESPN. It's ESPN. Yeah. But, you know, the other networks, as I always say, the other networks pay money too, right? You know, they're, they're not uh, saying, oh, yeah, we'll do, we're doing this for free. They're paying for their own games. Anyway, that's my rant, uh, just the specific to this one year. But so it goes. Barris, you got something else for me? You got some kind of thing that we're going to well, do? Well, do here? you want to go over our over-unders from uh, early September? I'm I've got sure a good I transition one. Uh, because, uh, of course, we, we do this every year. The, the four 49ers writers, me, Tim, Marcus Thompson, David Lombardi, we, um, we pick about a dozen over-unders that we think are going to be close. And um, we all kind of uh, give our input. And then at the end of the regular season, we tally them up. And I will say that whoever picked the categories did a fantastic job because Barrows uh, does these trick things. And there were, we have to like think through them. And there are, there were a lot of close calls uh, this year. And, and one of them involved Jake Moody. I mean, that was, uh, that was one of the, the questions, Jake Moody's field goal percentage over under 80.5%. Uh, it turns out he finished at 84%. So given that, you would say, oh, man, he had a he had a fantastic rookie year, and everybody must be so confident in Jake <laughs> Moody heading into this one. Um, and that's obviously not the case, given what happened in the finale. Uh, but let's see uh, who picked what here. I had the under, um, I'm pretty sure. You went under, Lombardi went under, uh, Marcus and I went over, um, and he was way over. So, um, you know, like I said, the 49ers did not put him in a lot of tough spots, especially in the second half of the season. So that may be uh, maybe part of it. That did not feel like an 84.5% season, I'll put it that way, because 80 is pretty good, right? 80 is considered pretty good. Yeah, right. It depends on, you know, where they're from, if you're not – you know, getting long ones, but 84 uh, is what Robbie gold had last yeah. regular season. Yeah. Now Robbie gold has a hundred percent in the postseason over his career. And he's also a hundred percent on PATs postseason yeah. in his career. So that's, that's the real per- percentage that people will care about. All right, let me find another, um, I'm okay. For this, one. Well, I, I won't do all 12, but <laughs> this one was interesting. And I thought for sure I had you, because we did Nick Bosa's sack total over under set at 14 and a half. Remember he had 18 and a half last year. And when we did this exercise, Nick Bosa had not been signed yet. And so, you know, we're getting, we're in, this is like uh, September 6th when this published. And so the question was, okay, is, is he even going to play in Pittsburgh? And so he ends up signing the very next day. And I thought, Oh, that's really going to, Screw Kawakami and Lombardi, who, who both picked the under. This is a, this is an easy victory for Barrows and Thompson, who picked the over. It turns out he ends up with ten and a half. So mm-hmm. um, even you know he, he's one of the the rare guys who played all seventeen games this year, and even with that, 
Um, he only finished uh, ten and a half, eight sacks, Tim, below what he had last year. Yeah, but it's not that surprising. Sacks are, I'm not saying they're random, but they seem to be generated in a slightly more random way than you would any other stat. Because like, I think I said in the thing, Michael Parsons only had 11 last year, and he was a dominant player. Like, we've seen Michael Parsons. Like, you figure that guy gets a sack a game. No, it's like a sack, you know, three quarters of a sack a game or less than that. And it just, it is almost like, does a run, does a quarterback run into you or not? Because it's just some, it's not always going to be the case where you're a dominant defensive lineman and you're going to just get 15. It does not happen. I think Parsons only had like 13 this year. And I think he might be the best pass rusher in like him, him and uh, Miles Garrett. But, um, I was pretty comfortable with that under whether he signed or not. I was pretty comfortable. It's just really hard to go 18, 16, 17. Very difficult to do that. Yeah. That's one where I really screwed up the over under. Um, uh, I set it way too high just based on what he did last year. Um, So I've already written sort of the, uh, the tally piece that's going to run later this week. And I, I noted your quote about what you just said that uh, sacks are are very difficult to predict, and, and anything over ten is considered a, a triumph. Uh, and yeah, and we'll I think consider that's like right. all those pressures that he's had. The, he, right, the pressures main t- were consistent. It's right. just like that last split second. It's random whether the quarterback moves away, gets the throw off, or or actually turns into you. And he didn't have a lot of those turn into you sacks this season. And that's a big part of it. So there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll happily take that one. All right. Uh, one more sack-related uh, one. Uh, this turned out to be a really good one. More sacks, Drake Jackson or Cleveland Farrell. <laughs> wow. Jackson came out of the gate with three <laughs> in week one. And uh, uh, Marcus and uh, David both took Jackson. And for most of the season, it looked like he had won them a point uh, in Pittsburgh. But Cleveland Farrell, slow and steady, wins the race. Like I said, he started all 17 games, and he got his three-and-a-half sack in Washington in Week 17. So Farrell, by a half sack, edged out Drake Jackson. But, boy, I mean, that goes back to my earlier point that can't scrimp on that bookend defensive end to Nick Bosa. You you can't can't go through a season with a Drake Jackson – or a Cleveland Farrell being the opposite of Bosa. You need to spend money or draft capital at that at that spot. Well, D Ford, that's what they wanted D Ford to be. I can't I took Farrell, huh? I'm, I would have thought I would have taken Drake Jackson, but Yeah, you I'll you think, wrote yeah. uh Farrell will likely play more than Jackson. You mm-hmm. were right about mm-hmm. that. So he has a better shot to run into a few more sacks. Um, there you go. That's you that's go. exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm winning. I'm winning. I must be winning. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, let's see. What's a good one? Oh. Wasn't there a McCaffrey yardage thing, right? Yeah, there was a McCaffrey yeah. total touchdown. That's the other one I really oh, botched right. with the uh, mm. over-under. So he scored 21 touchdowns this year. <laughs> yeah. I had the over-under set at 12 and a half. <laughs> so we all we all took the over, so we all won. But uh, that that should have been adjusted. Okay, here's another good one. More total offensive yards, uh, Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. So total yards, uh, you know, uh, including Debo's rushing and receiving yards. And if Debo Samuel had played uh, a full season or had played as much as Ayuk, 
this would have been really tight. Um, it, it ended with Ayuk um, getting 13.42, I think, and Debo was about 200 yards behind that. So uh, Lombardi and I both picked Samuel, and you and uh, Marcus both picked Ayuk. So points to you guys on, on that one. That one, I think, I just for durability. I think Ayuk is – I know he's had some injuries here or there, but especially compared to Debo, it's just a guy that has the kind of the, the build and the playing style that – he's, he's physical. We know that. I'm not saying he's not physical, but he just seems like a guy who's going to be playing 16, 15 games a year. And if you play 15 or 16 a game and, and the per, you know other people play 13 or 14 and you are a consistent producer – you're going to have more yards overall. Now, Debo obviously has the huge ones where he runs for 60 and catches for 140, but uh, I'll just go with Ayuk. And I just, we've talked about this before. I didn't know this at the time. Ayuk and Brock Purdy have a rhythm, have a something, a connection that I think is just going to be an automatic. You don't throw it to him a ton. Certainly not like, you know, Miami throws it to Reek Hill or, you know, the Bengals throw to Jamar Chase, but God, when he needs that 18 yard out, it's just like 11 is the guy he throws to. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, a real kind of cohesion between those two, which I think will come up when they're, like, yeah, when, they're, when they're like, thinking about what to do with Ayuk moving forward. That's going to yeah. be a big uh, off season question. So, but it says, and it fits, you know, Purdy's a, a timing quarterback. He needs to feel where the guy's going to be on this step this place, that hole. Debo is a tremendous player. We all know what he means to the 49ers, but he's not quite the route runner, right? Like you don't always know, is he going to round off the cut or is he going to stop because he's more open over there? You you can just tell the way Purdy throws the football to him. Like I know he's going to be there and I'm going to throw it there. There might be a defender close by and another one coming up top, but I know he's going to catch this pass if I put it right there. You can just feel that the consistency of that connection. Yeah, I mean, uh, that raises a, a point about what do they do with that first-round pick, too, because wide mm-hmm. receiver would be an, a nice uh, thing to spend it on as well, just given what you're going to ultimately invest in Brock Purdy. And to your point, the type of receivers he's going to need to make that investment um, really kind of shine in yeah. uh, in years to come. Well, that's because, what we've said. Like, you know, people talk about, oh, they could trade Ayuk, and it's like, because they don't want to pay him. If you traded Ayuk, what would you have to do to try to get another one? Like you just you, it's not Danny Gray, you know, it's not Ray Ray McLeod, you know, it's not whoever. What about Ronnie Bell? Ronnie, not Ronnie Bell, uh, unless you want like Tim. Tim did not have kind things to say about Ronnie Bell (laughs) during during the game on Sunday. He was very impressive, and he cannot be their punt returner, and he won't be in the playoffs. But we saw what he was as a punt returner. Don't know that he's got great instincts. I think he's, you know, he's, he can be dynamic. Just think he's got bad instincts out there, at least early in his rookie year. That's uh, no, that's scary because, because that's what Kyle Williams' issue was. Um, yep. Just bad instinct, tried to overdo everything. Everything was overcooked, too aggressive. Uh, didn't have real feel for what to do back there. So uh, I think the 49ers fans need to pray that Ray Ray McLeod uh, is healthy throughout this postseason run. <laughs> You don't want the punt returner to be the most important player on your playoff roster. No, gosh. Ray Ray's pretty important. Ray Ray's pretty important. 
Well, I'll save the uh, the other over unders for uh, the story that's coming out. Okay. But um, let's just say that we all acquitted ourselves well, but a certain handsome bald reporter came out <laughs> with the W on this one. You you create the categories. You should win, although you did not win last time. So I did not. I, I think I, I think I might have taken the uh, the L last year. Most last improved. Place. Most improved over under picker. Although all that's, the ones you picked. I won, so like I'm glad we celebrated all my genius and the ones we discussed. Because well, I, I knew who my audience that I was on this one. Keep, keep the boss happy. <laughs> Otherwise, delete, delete, delete. Oops, we're gonna delete this one. <laughs> delete this one. Uh, anything else we got here? Oh, Jim Harbaugh won a national title. Uh, yeah. That? So any, any uh, the the buzz, and I'm not breaking any news around here, but I, I've been placing a lot of calls about you know Steve Wilkes and Adam Peters and. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's name um, inevitably comes up. And so everybody thinks that the Chargers are uh, the likeliest spot for Jim Harbaugh with the Bears being sort of the secret spot. Yep. Uh, so those two seem like, um, you know, the best landing spots for Jim Harbaugh. And I would like- love I would love the Chargers because, oh. you know, talk about a franchise that just has, you know, no electricity about it, you know, in terms of fan base. That's what Jim Harbaugh excels in. I mean, he would put instant eyeballs on a team that gets the least amount of eyeballs of of all the teams. Probably, I don't know. Maybe the the Jaguars do, but um, that would be uh, that would be exciting if he landed in uh, in California. It'd be the best spot for him too, right? Justin Herbert, you know, L.A. Uh, we'll see if the Spanos is, you know, they don't tend to spend money for a head coach where they would have to spend for him, but that's what they've gotten. They've gotten what they paid for, pay for, pay up big. Uh, have you heard anything about a general manager who would come with, would it be Tommy Gamble? I think Tommy Gamble would be the, at least come with them as some sort of executive. Yeah. That's what, um, that's what I heard that, that no one's sure whether Tom Gamble would be the GM per se, but Tom Gamble would be in the building and that would be obviously, <laughs> A thorny issue. Who is Jim Harbaugh's uh, general manager? What's the power structure? That that's a that's a big deal. Uh, so I'll tell uh, you, just ask. Maybe they'll uh, they'll get um, the Jaguars to trade Trent Baalke to the yeah Baalke and Harbaugh back together. You know, actually, it worked when when Tommy was still around because Tommy's the one guy who can deal with both of them. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't suggest them repeating that, but uh, no. That's what that's the gamble. Uh, really, the value there is he he can he can work with strong personalities, and some of them who hate each other, he can still he can still work with both of them. What are you hearing? The Steve Wilkes is somebody who's a live candidate, or what, what are you hearing about him? Yeah, so far the the Chargers are the only team that's made a an official request, and he's going to interview with them virtually this week. Um, but uh, other teams are interested. I've heard that the Falcons might be an emerging team for him. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I think it's related to Adam Peters as well. If Adam Peters gets the Washington job for which he's interviewing as we speak uh, Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Um, you know, Peters and, and Wilkes uh, are a, a good match. Um, and so that's, that would, you know, I think that would be a, um, a greater likelihood, uh, if Peters got that job. What kind of loss would Peters be for John Lynch and the 49ers? Uh, I think it would be a, a big loss. I mean, he's been their college scout, uh, since two, 2017. 
Remember, John Lynch comes in without ever having been in a front office and really leaned on uh, Peters and, and Martin Mayhew and probably more on Peters just because they had the, what was it, the number two pick in the draft that year. They later traded it uh, and got the number three pick. And, you know, one of the, the probably the underreported things is how this regime, how this franchise survived despite blowing the first two picks that they had that year. Those picks were Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster. Um, you know, those those are yep. two big whiffs. And um, here they are, you know, <laughs> in the playoffs yes. almost every year. Pat, and they, Pat Mahomes on the board. Right. So I've, I've been doing um, yeah, Washington Mahomes. area. Go ahead. I would say Pat Mahomes could have been a pretty good pick there if, if they had not. Yeah, they, they're, 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 uh, there have been some mistakes made uh, by by this this group, but they've been able to make up for it with later picks. Incredible later picks, Hall of Fame later picks. So I'm sure want to emphasize that part of it. Um, yeah, hey, listen, if they need another assistant general manager, they can just get Mayhew back because he just got fired by the gentleman by the by the commander. So they just flip jobs with Adam Peters. So there you go. That's uh, that's an absolute uh, scenario, I think. Um, and and Washington hasn't fired him yet. He still you know works for the Washington oh, really? Commanders. Yeah, that that move has not been made. It's anticipated, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Um, I think Martin Mayhew could come here. I didn't know this, but in talking to people, um, apparently John Lynch has a good relationship with Tom Telesco, the outgoing uh, GM in uh, for the Chargers. So th- that could be another name. Or the 49ers will promote from within. Um, they've got a couple of guys who could be sort of the uh, the two lieutenants like Mayhew and Peters were back in 17 and 18. I kept telling Lynch to bring in Bob Myers. I'll just tell I was the first one on that, as you know. Like, he's ready to come back in the NFL. And now now Bob Myers might be hiring Adam Peters away from him. Uh, there, there you go. I I, two, I was in on that UCLA one. UCLA guys. Man. Yeah, Peters is a UCLA guy. Football, football player UCLA. Like, there is some connection there. Uh, I wonder if Peters is Wasserman Media because they uh, if he's represented by Wasserman. And I think that's – isn't CAA Wasserman? No, I think CAA – Bob Wasserman. So I think he is. I think he's a Trace uh, Armstrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, that makes Myers has a a background with as an agent there. All right, we're giving all the inside stuff. That's actually good stuff. I like hearing that. This was just me being curious. This wasn't even the podcast. This is me talking to Barrows. Uh, anything else out of the Barrows notebook? That was good. Maybe we should do that after the end of at the end of every podcast. Just Barrows emptying out the notebook on calls you made around. That was interesting. Yeah, this has been a more interesting week than you would think that a a bye week would be. Um, yeah, a lot lot going on when you're a good team like the 49ers. You have a lot to lose, uh, including your your personnel. If they if we talk about this, if they lose Wilkes, they don't really have another coordinator on staff like ready to go. I wouldn't think. I mean, maybe or would they go outside again? They do have you know one guy of interest is uh, Nick Sorensen who don't ask me what his title is. It's sort of like a nebulous title, like defensive assistant. Um, but um, he's, you know, last year when Johnny Holland um, w- was getting treatment for multiple myeloma, um, Sorensen stepped in and was the linebackers coach. Um, he himself is a former safety. He's been a special teams coordinator. He 
coaches the Nickelbacks this year. My point being is that he he has he's had his uh, hand in a lot of different pots in this defense, so he's got a good sort of global uh, view of how it works. Uh, so I think that he's probably the only. This is, of course, if Kasurik and uh, Holland, who both have not wanted to be defensive coordinators uh, to this point or in, in previous uh, searches, uh, don't want the job. I, I assume that will continue to be the case. So I would think that Nick Sorensen is the only real sort of viable uh, internal candidate. Barrow's notebook, emptying out the notebook. I love it. Uh, that's all I got for today. Barrow's. Say goodbye to everybody. That's it. That's it for me. All right, everybody. That's the show for today. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.